Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The following program is a production of Chilling Entertainment and the creative team at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights and a proud member of the Simply Scary Podcast Network. Visit simplyscarypodcast.com to learn more about this and our other weekly storytelling programs. And become a patron today to show your support and get instant access to our extensive archive of downloadable ad-free tales of terror. Thank you for listening, and enjoy the show. Today's episode of Scary Stories Told in the Dark is brought to you by Shudder.com, the premium streaming video service from AMC Networks. Shudder's got the largest, fastest-growing selection of horror, thriller, and supernatural content in the world. And you know what's even better? Every title featured there was handpicked by people that live and breathe horror, just like you and me. At Shudder, you can stream ad-free on all your favorite devices and choose from a number of their exclusive titles, such as Channel Zero, 1987's Creepshow 2, Rob Zombie's 31, and new 2018 films such as Revenge and Ruin Me, or dive into one of their countless collections, including Halloween classics and the Alfred Hitchcock collection, which debuted this past week just in time for the spooky season. For those days when terror of the audio variety isn't enough to satisfy your taste for terror, Shudder's got you covered. To try Shudder 100% free for 30 days, Go to Shudder.com forward slash podcast and use the promo code TOLD, that's TOLD, T-O-L-D, to let them know Otis Jiry sent you and spend the next 30 days streaming some of the greatest horror entertainment in the world for free. I'll be back after tonight's first story to tell you a little more about my own recent experience with Shudder. Until then, why not take a moment to double check the locks on your doors and windows and check beneath your bed. <laughs> yeah, the show's about to begin. <laughs> Good evening. I'm storyteller Otis Gyre, and I ain't your grandfather. From where I'm from, we don't do bedtime stories. And if that's what you were expecting, 
You're in the wrong place. If it's terrifying tales you're after, well then, I've got just the thing. Get comfortable, settle in, turn off the lights, if you dare. Your night is about to get a whole lot darker. <laughs> Who needs sleep anyway? <laughs> Good evening, you're listening to Scary Stories Told in the Dark. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 19. I'm your host, Otis Jiley. In tonight's episode, I'll be performing four stories for you about nefarious numbers, villainous visitors, macabre melodies, and paranormal predators. You're listening to the standard edition of tonight's program, which includes the first two stories... If you'd like to show your support and enjoy an extended version of this and other episodes with twice the terror, visit simplyscarypodcast.com and click Patrons in the upper menu to sign up today. And thank you for your support. It's time to get started, so lock your doors. Turn the lights down low and settle in. The show is about to begin. Our first tale of terror this evening, from author Jacob Beach, is entitled 1219. I often like to view creepy things on the internet. I don't totally know why. I've just always been intrigued by things that are just off. Any media is fine to take in the content. Stories, movies, videos, audio clips, video games, whatever. I just want to be unnerved. I work third shift, so my sleep schedule is all messed up. I sleep during the day and work at night. I get two days off a week, though, and always in a row. I could use this time to have some semblance of a normal life, but I'd rather not have to readjust my sleep schedule once work starts again, so I just stay up all night and sleep during the day. So, browsing the internet on one of those days off, I came to a thread which had a bunch of links on it. Each comment was just a link. Some of them led to websites about unexplained mysteries, some were streams of horror movies, and others were accounts of paranormal events, which were supposedly true. Then I saw one that was none of the above. I don't remember what the link was. It was just random letters and numbers. It was nonsense. I clicked on it, and it took me to a single page with a single picture and nothing to click on. It auto-full-screened and refreshed at random intervals anywhere between roughly 2 and 10 seconds. There was text at the top of the picture which read, Zanayu wait, X to die. X. Creepy. I like this sight already. The picture showed a painting on the wall of a nondescript forest scene, there was a small TV screen centered at the bottom of the picture, an old CRT. On top of the TV was an older-looking analog clock with a wood frame and fancy hands. The sight continued to refresh, but the picture never changed. Out of sheer curiosity, I didn't leave the page. I kept the tab open 
and check back every minute or two. Still no change. After about ten minutes, I got tired of missing the refreshes. Maybe it was changing drastically, but only once every minute or something, and I was completely missing it. So I closed all the other tabs to make sure I wouldn't be tempted to leave. I was staring at that picture for what seemed to be an hour. I checked my phone. It had been 26 minutes. I guess time goes slowly when you're just staring at a still image online. I can't say what it was or when it was, but at some point I noticed that it wasn't just a still image. Well, it was, but the image was changing. The clock, when I first pulled up the page, read something close to 4.15. Now it was showing 4.56. The clock had been changing the entire time. I watched it for a full minute, and somewhere along the refreshes, I saw the minute hand change to 57. The time on the clock didn't reflect the real time. Still, though, this was dedication. Someone had to take a picture once per minute for an hour, or at least 45 minutes, and then have a change every minute. I kept watching it until it showed 5 o'clock. I expected it to shift back to 4, but it just went to 5.01. That's even more impressive. Maybe it went a full 12 hours. Someone needs a job. Anyway, now I was hooked. I had to see if it had the full range of times. Now that I knew, I didn't have to intently stare at the picture anymore. I was able to shift my focus to the text. It definitely seemed strange. I realized quickly that it was a code of sorts, and it said, X-I-I-X-I-X. I thought about it for a while, but then realized the colon in the phrase, X-I-I colon X-I-X, 1219. I guess I had to wait till 12.19 to see what was going to happen. What was so worth all this work? The next few hours were boring. I'd check it every so often and see no change. Once I thought I saw something in the painting, but I'm pretty sure that was just my imagination and my mind wanting to see something. I set all my clocks in my house to the time on this site so I'd know where it was even when I wasn't at the computer. Twelve o'clock came, and I was glued to my computer. No getting up. No other tabs. I was just staring intently, watching the clock's hands refresh, minute after minute. Twelve eighteen. Refresh. 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 I was certain that this minute had actually taken four or five minutes to transpire. Finally, twelve nineteen. Nothing. No change in the image. No change to the sight. That was disappointing. I figured I'd at least get a message on the site, or a different picture, or, or something. Maybe that was the prank. Nothing. The guy who made this would lure people in, give them a simple puzzle to solve, just to pique their intrigue, and then disappoint them greatly. Bravo, I thought to myself. Or, brava, I quickly corrected. I left the website and went back to my day. I couldn't get the sight out of my head, though. Not even an hour after I left, I had convinced myself that I should go back to the site. Control plus shift plus T. 
After all, there were two 1219s in a day, aren't there? The clock now said 1248. I looked over at the clock on my desk, and it also said 1248. The creator must have kept it synced up with their local time or something. I had nearly 12 hours' wait ahead of me now. I could have stayed up all night. Night for me, day for most normal people. But I didn't want to drive myself crazy, so I went to sleep. I didn't sleep well, or for very long, but then again I rarely do. I checked the clock on the desk, which was still set to the website time, and it said 8.52. Only a little over three hours of a wait from here. I checked the site and still no change in the image. I did things around the house and online to kill the next few hours. As soon as the clock was near 12, though, I was once again seated firmly in front of my computer screen. The next 18 minutes were agonizing. The last minute was even worse. The hands of the clock once again struck 12.19, and once again, nothing happened. I was distraught. I had invested a lot of time into this. The minute wasn't over, though, so I continued to watch. Then I heard a click. Quiet, but still audible. After that, I noticed that the webpage wasn't constantly refreshing anymore. The screen on the TV began to brighten. Finally! What I had waited for was happening. As the screen on the TV brightened, I began to be able to make out an image. It was small because the TV screen on my monitor was only about two inches wide, but I could still clearly see that they were showing woods. Maybe it was the forest in the picture. The camera was bobbing up and down as grass and leaves passed by. It must have been someone filming themselves walking. The camera was kept pointed at the ground for the first minute or so, but then slowly started to point more horizontally. I could see that they were coming up on a yard. Some houses flashed quickly on the edges of the screen. There was some talking in another language, but I couldn't say what the language was, and then clicks and clunks like they were dealing with equipment. The camera made larger movements than before. I realized as the sounds went away and the image stabilized dramatically that they were setting it up on a tripod. Once they got it set up, I heard a little more talking, then the camera made one final turn. During the turn, I could see that it was set up just along the woods. The camera had finally stopped shaking, and there was a house centered within the frame. As small as it was, I could tell it was my house. I jumped up from my desk chair, but kept my eyes fixed on the screen. The men abandoned their camera and walked up to the house walked up to my house. They stood at the door for what was probably twenty seconds, but it seemed like five minutes. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know if there was anything to do. They knocked on the door. I heard it faintly through my speakers, but it wasn't at the door. Not hearing it within my house calmed me down enough to check the door. Nobody was there. Nobody was in the yard but I couldn't make anything out past a couple hundred feet. It was dark out, and the moon wasn't very bright. I closed and locked the door and ran back up to the computer. The screen was still displaying these two men standing at the door. They knocked again, but this time harder. 
I watched as the door opened. A man answered it. I couldn't make him out. I was half expecting it to be me. I was relieved, though, to see that it wasn't. I have brown hair. The man on the screen had red hair. One of the men gestured something to him, and the red-haired man begins to close the door. At this point, the other man shoves the door open again, pulls a gun from his belt, and shoots the man in the head. I felt my face go pale and my jaw fall open. My vision started to go black, but I forced myself to keep my composure. The two men ran from the door and toward the camera. In the small TV screen, in my monitor, and in the blur of motion, I could still see that both men were smiling wildly. They grabbed the camera, not bothering to take it off the tripod, and ran into the woods again. The camera swiveled on the tripod and showed one of the men's faces, but quite blurrily. He looked at the camera, reached over toward it with his other hand, and the screen of the TV went blank. The page refreshed again, but only once, and the clock still read 12.19. I exited out of my browser and even shut down my computer. I ran to the door one last time to see if I could see anything. Once again, there was nobody there. To this day, I have no clue what actually took place. I haven't had the nerve to revisit that website or ask anybody what happened to the people who lived here before I did. And I'm not sure I ever will. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I hope you enjoyed 1219 by author Jacob Beach. You know, some say that waiting is the hardest part. But as our unlucky protagonist discovered tonight... Sometimes it's best to never even get started. Speaking of time, up next we've got a terrifying tale about the dark side of one man's dementia, which, like all cases, makes him forget things. But not everything. And what does he remember? He may very well wish he'd forgotten. But first, I'd like to tell you a little bit more about Shudder.com the only video streaming service for horror fans like you and I. So what do you get? Well, you can stream great thrillers, horror, suspense, and it's just $4.99 a month or $49.99 a year. And Shudder has the largest, fastest-growing human-curated selection of thrilling and dangerous entertainment through the Netflix of horror. 
and there are new spine-telling thrillers, shocking horrors, and edge-of-your-seat suspense added weekly. Shudder's got a unique collection of exclusive and original films and series, horror classics, and blockbuster hits. And you can stream them anywhere. The unexpected, all on your favorite devices, which include iPhone, iPad, Apple TV, Xbox One, Amazon Fire TV, Google Chromecast, Roku, and, of course, Android devices. Now, what do they got? Well, they've got a lot of titles. Uh, some of the ones that are currently available, 31 by Rob Zombie, Channel Zero, and now I'm an old school kind of guy, and I kind of grew up with Stephen King, so when I saw Creepshow 2, uh, the movie by Michael Gornick, of course, it was all based on Stephen King's stories. I, that, I love that one. That's great. And we've got some others as well. Ruin Me by Preston DeFrancis. Uh, Todd and the Book of Pure Evil, which came out in 2010. Just a ton of stuff there. Don't forget, you can get 30 days of Shutter totally free by using promo code TOLD. Just visit Shudder.com. That's S-H-U-D-D-E-R dot com forward slash podcast and enter the word told and start enjoying hundreds of horror thriller and supernatural films and made for tv series today now without further ado we've got another terrifying tale for you so turn those lights down low and get cozy things are about to get dreadful Our second story this evening is entitled My Grandfather Suffered from Dementia by author Josh M. Parker. Grandpa was 97 years old when he passed away. He lived far from where his three children had settled. Grandma died when I was a small child, and he ended up remarrying another woman a few years later who demanded that he move out west so that she could be nearer her sons. She was a piece of work, was Grandma Hester. We all wondered how Grandpa could stand her. It turns out that perhaps he could not. We're not precisely sure when he developed dementia, but it was probably years before we noticed it. He'd tell us about people he was speaking to or visiting with or a trip he took. Years later, after we learned he was suffering from dementia... We'd learned that conversation, that visit, or that trip never actually happened. For all we really know, any story he told us from the last decade and a half leading up to his coming back east could be a false memory. We would have had no way of knowing. Hester rarely communicated with us herself. Probably our first clue that Grandpa wasn't himself anymore happened a few weeks after he came back east to live with my parents. Most of the family had settled in one area. My wife and I lived in the south end of the city, as did one set of cousins, but my father and his two sisters all lived in the north, within driving distance of each other. A few of my aunt's children had moved out of town, and my brother had as well, but there were still enough of us around that Grandpa could come visit with. We would often have gatherings at my parents' house where Grandpa would either hold court 
with some story or would go to sleep. One afternoon, my daughter, Brianne, who was in her late teens at the time, came in from playing with my cousin's kids and sat down at the table where Grandpa had been napping. He suddenly woke and smiled at her. "'Well, hello, Claudia,' he said brightly. Claudia was my aunt, Dad's youngest sister. "'I'm Brianne, Grandpa,' said my daughter. "'No,' said Grandpa, almost sounding offended. "'You're my daughter, Claudia.' Later, that same month, he told my aunts and uncles the story of how he came out east after living with Hester got to be too much. I prayed to the Lord, said Grandpa, and the next thing I knew, Martin was there. Martin was my father. I remembered him driving out to the tiny, cold house on a hill in Colorado to get Grandpa. He had not come due to any divine intervention, He had come because Grandpa called him in the night and pleaded with him to come get him. We all loved Grandpa, but caring for him was not easy. For one thing, Grandpa had gotten it into his head that he was a young single man with many years ahead of him, and the only thing missing was a young woman at his side. If he spoke for any length of time with a younger woman, he became convinced that she was in love with him, and that perhaps... She should be his new bride. Esther was even still alive at this point. He had forgotten her utterly. The women he made advances on included my mother, two of my cousins, and my own wife. Thankfully, he couldn't do much more than talk, so it was just a matter of politely changing the subject whenever he'd start with that. But it got worse when he decided he could do things like take walks on his own, or to try and drive my father's car. Mom and Dad, they didn't let him go on walks by himself, but that didn't mean he didn't sneak away sometimes when Dad was away and Mom was in the basement. He had to use a walker to get around and simply couldn't do stairs, but refused to admit this to anyone, including himself, leading to a lot of falls. He'd also get confused as to where he was or where he lived. And at times, during his walks, he'd attempt to find the old family home that he raised my father and aunts in, despite it having been long gone since before I was born. Dad picked him up from a police station where he had been taken after some patrol officers saw him wandering around, clearly lost. The time he tried to drive Dad's car was after that, He decided that the reason he got lost is because he had to walk. He managed to get the e-brake off and rolled right down the fairly steep incline outside my parents' house, crossing into a fence. The damage was minimal, but after that incident, my parents realized he needed to be in a full-time care facility. It got worse after that. My father visited him three times a week. I have no idea how often my aunts went or if they even did. I tended to only go when there was a family gathering, and increasingly I began to realize that he had no clue who I was. He'd smile and greet me as though I was someone he had just met. He'd tell me about his children, describing them as little kids, and even going as far as to invent a friend who was looking after them while he was in this home with all these old people. Grandpa was 93 at the time. He was much older than many of the others who lived there, 
but somehow they were the old people while he was not. When I say he got worse, though, I mean he changed. The false memories, the refusal to acknowledge that he was elderly, the attempts to chat up ladies and inability to remember that his children were grown and that he had grandchildren and great-grandchildren had been a part of who he was for years, ever since his early 80s. But he had never been violent before. That changed one night, when Dad was called to come to the facility quickly. Grandpa had wandered into the wrong room and had come out screaming, raising his walker up in the air and slamming it into the ground, taking a few swings at people who tried to calm him down. He began accusing the staff of stealing his things. He was bellowing as loud as he could. Give them back! Give them back! I wasn't there for it, and I still have a hard time picturing it. Grandpa barely raised his voice above normal volume during the last decade of his life, except to laugh. When Dad got there, they had gotten him into his room, and he was somewhat appeased. Somewhat. He had a can of Insure in a tube sock, and almost hit my father in the head with it when he came in. He apologized. Dad was one of the few people he always recognized, and said he had been waiting for the thief to come back. A man who would steal from me would just as soon kill me, he explained. The insurer in a sock was his weapon to fend off the thief. He told Dad about the man who had come to give him all his things back. They put it all back just like it was, he said. Didn't take him long. Later that night, he told Dad about how much it had scared Florence. He hated that she had to go through that. Florence was my grandmother, the one who died when I was six. He finished by saying that Florence had gone somewhere, and when he went looking for her, they told me she was dead. One day, they're going to come looking for me, and they're going to find me dead. That was a jolt to my father. Grandpa had never, at any point before that, acknowledged his mortality, his advanced age, or the fact that he'd probably no more than a handful of years left at best. Aging and death was something that happened to other people, but here he was, accepting that death was near. That wasn't the last night he mentioned a thief. He even gave the thief a name, Charlie Rosen. It was strange that he would invent a whole person, name included. He didn't even name the friend who was looking after his kids. In fact, that person ceased to exist. Charlie Rosen had stolen his kids, had killed Florence, had come to his home in Colorado and routinely taunted him, beat him, and he even declared that Hester had been sleeping with him. He remembered her now and was certain that she and Charlie were ganging up on him to make his life a living hell. In the last six months of his life, he would become increasingly agitated. Dad could not have a single visit when Grandpa would not mention Charlie, and then the violence started up again. In one visit, Grandpa accused Dad of being Charlie and attacked him. After that, Dad's visits dropped to once a week, and he didn't stay long. Once I went with him, it was the last time I saw my grandfather alive, and I will never forget it. Charlie was here again today. Grandpa told us as soon as we arrived. 
He told me I couldn't leave this room anymore. He trapped me here. Dad, this is where you live. My father tried to explain. See, here's a picture of Mother. Why would Charlie let you keep that? Killed your mother, you know, said Grandpa. Murdered her in her sleep. Mother had an aneurysm, said Dad. You and I decided together to unplug the machine. She died in her sleep, but no one killed her. No, no, it was Charlie. Grandpa's voice was not agitated. It was solid, like he knew for a fact of what he was saying. He poisoned her. Did something go wrong in her head? I don't know what it was then, but I realized it later, after he introduced me to Esther, conned me into marrying her. It's my personal demon, that Charlie. Dad finally had enough. There is no Charlie, he said, nearly shouting. You aren't supposed to correct people who have dementia. It just confuses them more and makes them upset. But my father forgot this in that moment. Charlie is someone you made up. Mother died naturally. You met Hester at a coffee shop years after Mother died. And while she was not a nice woman, she was not unfaithful to you. Please, stop talking about Charlie. Dear Lord in heaven, said Grandpa, he got to you. He told you to say those things. You're part of it, too. Uh, Grandpa, I said, why don't we start a game of checkers? Usually he loved checkers. I don't want to play any goddamn checkers, screamed Grandpa. I couldn't have been more surprised if he hit me. Grandpa had never cursed in his life. Bywords, as he called them, were only used by bad men, as far as he was concerned. Not with you, not with him, Charlie Rosen's pet demons. He comes to me every day. He talks to me about Florence. He taunts me. He reads my mind, and he takes thoughts away and puts in new ones, worse ones. He tells me about how he rapes my little ones, how he and Hester keep them half-starved and chained in their basement. I can't stop him. He can go inside my head. He's controlling me. We left after that without saying goodbye. Driving home, I almost wanted to cry. This kind, loving man was ending his days as a raving, violent lunatic. It wasn't right. It wasn't fair. What kind of monster was this Charlie? That thought stopped me cold. For an instant, I had accepted that Charlie was real. Giving my head a shake, I resolved to think about something else. But an image of Charlie had been forming in my mind beginning a few months back. And when Grandpa had first started talking about him, I only now realized that when Grandpa spoke of this demonic man, I was picturing in my mind, and I could see them as clearly as I could memories of real people. I thought of the last time I had visited Grandpa in that tiny house in the mountains of Colorado, when I was a teenager, sitting at that little round table while Hester served us some of her inedible glop and I would see a man standing in the corner of the kitchen, watching us eat. A tall, gangly man with leathery skin, stretched over sharp-looking bone and corded muscle, shaggy gray hair hanging down, obscuring the upper part of his face, his smile stretching like a knife slash across his jaw. 
I thought of the wedding. I was 12 years old. I met Hester for the first time, and standing a ways behind her was that same man. I remember a family gathering at a facility Grandpa was concurrently staying at. Didn't we pass that man in the hall once? No, of course not. These were just images my mind had cooked up the more Grandpa talked about this shady character that never existed. The brain can do that. Insert false people in your memory just because you decide subconsciously to remember them. It doesn't mean that you're insane. It's just another way your brain likes to play tricks on you. Grandpa had invented a person who he talked to with such conviction as though Charlie was real. So my mind had conjured up a Charlie Rosen. But there was no Charlie Rosen. Grandpa died two months later. I remember the funeral like it was yesterday. I still wake up at night in a cold sweat, remembering. Everything was normal at the start. My parents, my aunts and uncles, my wife and I, and our children. My brother and his wife and their son. My cousins, their spouses, and their children. We all gathered under the same roof for the first time in years. No one was missing. No one was out of town and couldn't make it. Two of my cousins I hadn't seen since they were children. It was nice to catch up with them. And the service was nice as well. The pastor, who served the spiritual needs at Grandpa's facility, was the officiator. Grandpa looked calm and peaceful, whole so unlike what he had been in the last few months of life. I started to feel calm myself. Grandpa was where he belonged now, where the devils of his own fevered, decaying brain couldn't get to him anymore. And then we drove to the cemetery. The coffin was lowered. We all sprinkled a handful of dirt on the coffin and began our walk back to the cars. And then the gravedigger came out of the shadows to start shoveling the rest of the dirt. I could barely read the embroidered name tag on his coveralls. It looked like Sea Rose or Sea Rising. Or, nah, it couldn't be. He was tall, gangly, with leathery skin, sharp-looking bones, corded muscle, long gray hair, and that smile, that smile that haunts my nightmares to this day. I watched as this phantom dumped shovelful after shovelful of dirt on my grandfather's coffin. He was laughing softly under his breath, but I have never heard such cruel laughter. Today, I felt like I had to write all this down to make sure I remember it all before things get worse. Because today... My father called me to complain that Charlie was driving past his house and staring in his windows. Thanks again to today's sponsor, Shutter.com, for their support of this show. Don't forget, as a listener... You can get 30 days of Shudder totally free by using promo code TOLD. Once more, just visit Shudder.com. That's S-H-U-D-D-E-R.com forward slash podcast and enter the word TOLD to let them know that Otis Jiry sent you. What do you got to lose? Except 
Maybe some sleep? <laughs> Shit. Who needs sleep anyway? <laughs> Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Scary Stories Told in the Dark, a production of Chilling Entertainment and the creative team at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights and a proud member of the Simply Scary Podcasts Network. Visit simplyscarypodcast.com today to learn more about our network and our other amazing storytelling programs. Tonight's program was hosted and its featured stories performed by yours truly, Otis Jiry. Selected stories have been adapted with the kind permission of their respective authors. Original music provided by Luke Hodgkinson and Jesse Cornett. Sound design and final mixing and mastering provided by executive producer and director Craig Groshek. Program's artwork and logo by David Romero. If you're looking for some fresh tales on a daily basis while waiting for the next podcast, check out my YouTube channel, The Otis Jiry Channel, and my extensive collection of narrated tales there. Simply search on YouTube by my name, and you'll find me. And don't forget to subscribe and press the bell notification icon to get my latest releases. Got a scary tale of your own that you'd like performed? I take submissions. Email it to me today at otis at simplyscarypodcast.com to have your terrifying tome considered for production in a future episode of this show. That's O-T-I-S at simplyscarypodcast.com. If you've enjoyed what you heard on tonight's program and are joining us on your favorite podcast app, subscribe to us to be sure you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review and a comment. Your feedback means a lot to me. You can also follow Chilling Tales for Dark Nights and yours truly on Facebook to connect anytime and get the latest updates on this and other programs and my channel. If you're listening on the Chilling Tales for Dark Nights YouTube channel, do us a favor and hit the subscribe button and the bell notification icon for CTFDN as well to get more spooky tales from me and the crew and another episode of this program each and every Wednesday. And don't forget to hit that thumbs up button to tell us how we're doing and leave a kind word or a request. And don't forget to visit us at ChillingTalesForDarkNights.com and consider supporting the team by becoming a patron. In addition to helping us out, you'll get exclusive access to our audio archive and ad-free downloads of all your favorite stories, including those you've heard on this program. As for me, I'll be back next Wednesday with more terrifying tales to keep you up all night. But that's all right. Who needs sleep anyway? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. 
Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.